Hello and welcome to The Naked Scarf. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And in this episode we're going to be looking at the next Doctor. So, Andy, in time on a tradition, give us your plot synopsis. Well, um, Morrissey is in Victorian London and he thinks that he is the Doctor, only he's kind of like a very charming steampunk version of the Doctor whose TARDIS is actually a hot air balloon and and, and has a, a plucky young girl assistant with a heaving bosom and... Just um, the one bosom. I, I, I think that, you know, you just say it, don't you? you heaving bosom, bosom, like... Yeah, yeah, for some reason on. you only say the one. But yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, he's lurking around being doctorish and, and trying to save the day from the Cybermen who are sort of, you know, taken over um, uh, various parts of London faster than most hipsters, you know, um, uh, populate certain areas of East London. And Yeah, that's a really contrived metaphor. Fuck you! Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, there was some genuine rage that just went on there. I'm sorry, um, that was a vague. You're like, hipsters, something. <laughs> yeah, I can get hipsters into this. Fuck you. I was I was trying to think, but I, I, I meant for a different word rather than um, populate, and I couldn't think of it. Well, and then well it kind carry of on, carry stuck, on. No, no. And then keep I going, keep going, you, keep going. And I hurt my ear. Yeah. Um, yes, anyway. Um, um, so Morrissey's... A, no, no. Um, um, yeah, so the Doctor turns up, and he runs, yeah, David Tennant's doctor uh, turns up and runs into uh, Morrissey's doctor. And um, Morrissey's doctor seems to have some big gaps in his memory, uh, which uh, gradually sort of revealed as the um, adventure progresses. Um, it, it turns out that um, he's not actually a doctor at all. Um, he's just a, a normal guy who went a bit mad when he saw his wife get killed and his son taken away by the Cybermen. He's and, called Jackson um, Lake. Yes, and 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 he had uh, um, a, a sort of weird stampy thing which had various memories of the Doctor and the Cybermen had been using. Um, God damn it! You completely messed with my flow. Um, Basically, um, the woman which had implanted into his head, so he had the Doctor's memories and kind of thought he was the Doctor. And then there's this evil bitch who, nonetheless, has fabulous dress sense, and she is kind of uh, being the, the human face of the Cybermen and rounding up lots of children from London so that they can go and work uh, for the Cybermen to make a sort of giant transformer Cyberman. And she gets turned into the Cyber King, and um, you know the Doctor and Morrissey's Doctor and like their new plucky girl assistant kind of rock up and save the day. And oh yeah, it's a Christmas special. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. But why is it whenever I test the mic, you lean you are at a certain level, and then whenever you actually speak, you lean forward into it, thus rendering my earlier test completely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the sound just goes up and down because you're like normally you're back in, then you start doing it, and you're you're right up like that, and it's just like oh god. Well, you know me. It's it's kind of like the way that when I go to speak to people, I lean in really close it, to their ear. It's it's worth pointing out that when you say Morrissey, you don't mean sing of the Smiths. As wonderful or as terrible as that would be, that would be the ultimate stunt casting. Actually, Morrissey as the Doctor, uh, going around being miserable at people, uh, possibly slightly racist or ironically racist, or no one was quite sure, or just being a complete misanthrope and hitting, having a sonic <laughs> daffodil that he hits people over <laughs> the head with. It I'm is still... actually actor David Morrissey. Yes, I know, but I'm still going to use it as an excuse to um, shoehorn every Smith's reference that I can into this. 
Well, don't you think he's a charming man? Oh. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I actually, I was just going to come up with Smith lyric, and I completely forgotten one. So there <laughs> you go. <laughs> you suck. Shut up, Adams. Um, okay, first, let's start with David Morrissey as as his doctor, the doctor he portrays, the the fake doctor. It's a very almost cliched idea of what the doctor should be, even down to the way he dresses with like the waistcoat and the cravat. I've always said people have very much this idea of what the Doctor is or who the Doctor should be. And, I mean, you particularly saw it just before they started the new series when people were talking about what would he be like and people were shocked that he'd be wearing, like, black leather jacket and T-shirt yes. and things. And, and people have... And you can see it very much in the portrayal of McGann's Doctor on the TV movie, you know, the cravat, the waistcoat, yeah. the, the big hair. And Morrissey... That's how I'm going to start calling him. The Morrissey Doctor. He has that the elements as too. Even the way he speaks, it's very... Kind of deep and theatrical, and maybe well, not Tom Baker-ish, but almost what if you describe Tom Baker's doctor to someone who never saw it, what they might imagine him being a little bit like. He is very tally ho, gung ho, and, and it, a lot of other things ending in ho ho. It, it, it's. Do you think he has a couple of hoes? Well, it's kind of indicated that uh, Rosita. Rosita. Who, it's kind of vague. Potential hinted. future ho. <laughs> I don't think I could get away with saying this stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of hinted that she might have been um, working the streets, as it were, though, as much as you can hint those things on, on, on a family Christmas show. But well, there's a fair amount that it, they hint in there that's, um, uh, yeah, um, it, 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 it's, it's kind of quite often like that in, in New Who, like a fair few risque references, and there are definitely a couple agenda, in gay here. Gay agenda, gay agenda, gay agenda. Not oh, even be... just gay agenda, but um, um, just a couple of references that are obviously shoehorned in there for the parents, you know. Yeah, wink, uh, wink, nudge, nudge. Exactly. But yeah, it's interesting because it, 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 he kind of counterpoints Tennant's Doctor, and it well makes you realise that Tennant, though, has a lot of elements of past Doctors in him. Again, he's still not quite the traditional Doctor. I mean, I, I think the moment you the moment you deliberately choose someone to be a traditional Doctor, the programme loses, yes. I think, because the original seven Doctors weren't traditional, quote-unquote. They're all different. Well, they did kind of um, sort of hint at, you know, these fixed ideas that, that people have about the show. And there's a particular line which I did like, which is uh, uh, when Morrissey um, turns around to David Tennant and says, um, you seem to be asking a lot of questions, Mr Smith. And... Um, and, and and David Tennant yeah. turns around and says, "Oh, I'm a companion." Uh, <laughs> and I'm your then companion. I'm kind of like, "Huh, yeah." Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. Like I said, because I know you're not keen on multi-doctor stories mm. at all. I don't know if this counts as a. No, no. I was going to say, obviously, it's not. But it kind of at first it, it's supposed to be, and a few people thought it was. I know people were saying to me, "Oh, so David Morrissey's taking over as a doctor," and I was like, "Well, no, he's obviously going to turn out not to be the doctor," but. But people didn't believe me because they had done. Uh, it was written about in the papers at the time. Yeah, they yeah, honestly I, did think that he may well be taking over. I mean, it would be an interesting story, wouldn't it, where the doctor, where the current doctor actually imagine if it was Matt Smith in that story meeting David Taylor. I, I don't think you could really do it, and I think it'd be dangerous of doing it as well. Like you take away from the current doctor by introducing the future one to a, maybe. An but it's an interesting idea if 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 you could do it. Maybe in an incredibly meta move. Matt Smith's Doctor is actually going to regenerate into David Morrissey's Doctor. No. No. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I, I did quite like the fact that we were watching uh, this episode, lovely Christmas special, um, on the tail end of the hottest October on record. And seriously, like, you know, um, 
everyone's been walking around wearing barely anything and eating ice cream and and you know it's 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 October it's except, amazing except for me I, I keep fully clothed at all times well yes you do but uh, you're very very boring and this is true. Um, and and yeah it, and it always it kind of gave me a little bit of a a, a sympathy thing because uh, the Christmas specials they traditionally film them much earlier in the year um obviously and so it, that was probably like all those lovely opening shots of uh, of you know um what's supposed to be london in the snow and you know that it's actually cardiff you know yeah. probably in the middle of july and david tennant's boiling his ass off they all are because they have to pretend it's uh, it's it's cold and um and you can tell actually from the um opening sort of shots the way that it's lighted mm-hmm. that there's a, like a lot of strong Lit. natural light sorry Lit, fine. There's a lot of strong natural light that's uh, sort of um, um, flooding in um, to the sort of scene and the snow. And I sort of looked at it and thought, yeah, that that is definitely summer. I quite like the word lighted. Yeah, I like the um, word lighted. <laughs> it's not, just one of those we're not things. going to use it. When I was a kid, I used to think that bouquet was pronounced boquet. And I was ever so disappointed when I discovered the actual... It's pronounced bucket, isn't it? No. I, I just thought keeping up appearances maybe, joke maybe, might go well, maybe. Well. Maybe this is where you've been going wrong all those years when Lauren keeps saying that you should get her a bouquet. And I just put, give her a bucket. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners will know keeping up appearances, but there we go. Well, the next time she asks you for a bouquet, she means flowers. FYI. I've worked with Mrs. Bucket, Mrs. Bouquet. She's in the theatre once, true story. <laughs> I um, bet she was really hammy. Uh, no, she's very good. And she's, she's a real uh, professional, old school professional. You know, she learns all the technicians' names. She makes the point. She, she's, she's got a lot of time for her, a lot of time. Anyway, completely off topic as per usual. You said this is a Christmas special. I always think this is slightly like the forgotten Christmas special in a, in a, in a weird way. Because you've got Christmas Invasion. It's Tenants first. It's the first Christmas special. So it's remembered. Runaway Bride introduces Donna. And also it kind of deals with the aftermath of Rose. Voyage of the Damned is kind of remembered for Kylie, and for generally not being very well liked among a I lot of people. I have to say, um, the next Doctor is the first Christmas special um, of the new series that I didn't entirely hate. Did you not like Christmas Invasion on Ray Bride? Not massively, oh, that's no. That's interesting. And then, obviously, after this, we had End of Time, and then, obviously, we've had Matt Smith's first since, so that's important. Oh, Matt that Smith's, was so brilliant. That was very lovely. The thing is, my... I think that my perception may be a little skewed by the fact that... that you um, hate past... Christmas? Well, apart from that... Um, I've also had to spend Christmas with my family, <laughs> which, which apart from turning me into a total demon, um, it, it means that I have to sit down and watch Who with my family. And if I'm sitting there feeling a bit self-conscious because I know everyone else is watching it and thinking this is a bit silly, you know, th- that kind of gets to me. But like uh, last Christmas I spent with Adam and Lauren and we all watched... Um, uh, Christmas, Christmas Carol together, and uh, and there was perfect silence and little tears rolled down my cheeks and it was it was lovely. It's, it's like it so I think there's a couple of uh, well not for end of time but definitely I think for next Doctor and Voyage of the Damned I got to watch it with my family which is nice because my family age well at the moment eight to seventy eight. And we're all a really big Doctor Who fan, yes. so our family loves it. And, but we don't really get to sit down and watch it together. So for me, it's been really nice with the Christmas special. And we'll get to it again this year as well, because I'm spending it with my family again. So it's re- the Christmas specials are really nice for me, because it's really nice to watch it with my nephew and my dad and my mum. Don't get me wrong, my, my family um, have, have liked Who in the past, and, and it was quite an, often an occurrence that uh, they'd sit down and watch um, you know, David Tennant or Christopher Eccleston, um, although uh, less so recently. But uh, no, it, it, it when it just gets to the point where you're sitting there thinking, mm, you know giant spider thing and you know my little sister's there on her phone going this is so lame I hate you all <laughs> and 
and you know um, thank god your sister will never listen to one of our podcasts (laughs) she would just call me a dick and flounce off to text someone about it i don't know i always got i always get quite quite well with my family anyway uh yeah so yeah but you know what i mean i think as when, when people look at christmas specials this one tends to get a bit slid over i think i i do quite enjoy it it's not a great favourite of mine per se, but you know, I find it kind of like a fun, popey kind of adventure. But yeah. there's not a lot going on underneath the surface, really. Well, you... no, but you don't necessarily need a lot to go on under the surface. At, at no, Christmas. no, I'm not, I'm not saying you always do. Or, or, you know, I don't necessarily want every Doctor Who story to be ghostlike. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but you know, even RTD when he's being horribly, horribly bloated, he's usually got a few really interesting ideas running underneath that you just think, oh, if you just pared it down, you could have. Going with something brilliant here, and you know, and when he's when RTD was good more in the early days, that was fine. There's a I bet there's some ideas of identity, I think, and very vaguely at the absolute outset, maybe women's politics with uh, with Mercy. I'm forgetting her surname, Mrs. Uh, the main villainess, the Marks and Spencer's woman. <laughs> um, I keep wanting to say Havisham, but that's not right. No. That's from a uh... we've only just watched this and we forgot, forgot the name. That, that's that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, but uh, the, for the, those who, in America who may not realise, because um, I know we have a few American and not English listeners, British I should say rather, the woman who plays Mercy is, no, very, is known in this country for two things mainly. Bally Kiss Angel, which was one of those kind of BBC, sunny, well not sunny, I, I, yeah. family comedy, drama, priest, oh they love each other but he's a priest, I never watched it. Uh, beautiful countryside, lots of beautiful countryside. Let's drive so you can see the beautiful countryside that we paid money for. And she's also known for the Marks and Spencer's advert. Marks and Spencer's being a fairly posh yeah, supermarket chain. Sort store. of, it's, it's quite upmarket. Uh, and if you're American, basically, basically she puts on a sort of saucy voice and she it's goes. It's food porn. She basically treats porn as porn as food. Porn as food as porn. They'll have like a, a sort of like a film of a pudding or something on the telly, and then they'll have like, you know, someone slowly drizzling sauce on it, although you can't see the person, it's just like a close up of the food. And then her voice will come over all sultry and she'll be going, This just isn't a treacle pudding. This is an M&S treacle pudding. And it's kind of like... But in that lovely Irish lilt that makes, yeah. that makes many men grow men go... Fraw. But I mean, I remember um, Dave saying to me, uh, this, this it, I can't quite remember, it was something like, these aren't your average robots, these are Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did it far better, I think, and said something a little funnier. Actually, okay, let's talk about the Cybermen in this. One thing that's slightly confusing me, I don't understand... There's no reason for them to be Pete's World Cybermen. The only re- reason that they're the uh, the alternative dimension Cybermen, I think, is they just couldn't be bothered to take the Cybrus logo off. Cybus? Cybrus? Cybus? Oh, what was the company called? Anyway, that logo off. And, you know, they could equally be our, the, our universe, I was going to say, the standard Mondasp universe Cybermen who had landed on Earth, travelled through time, or whatever you know, it just it just seems a bit slightly more convoluted to get them there. Right. Okay. I have to say, I, I prefer Pete's universe Cybermen strippers for one reason and one reason only. They're Cybermen. Well, okay. Kind of. I might have given it away a little bit there, but I was thinking, like, when they um um were using the um info stamps to sort mm. of electrocute the Cybermen, and they would drop down to their knees and they would start like jiggling their bodies back and forth. It was amazing. I've never seen anything gyrate like that, and I think that in like you know another universe, those Cybermen would make perfect strippers. 
Did you not see the little sort of full body gyrate they had? Sometimes your there? head is a weird and terrifying place. I don't. Yeah, but it was so cool because, I like, do you know the way their I legs. I know another person who've used Doctor Who quite the way you do. <laughs> Sometimes, really, I, 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 I wish people could see my face right now. <laughs> I really do. Um, but you, you, you know what? You anyway, stop, stop, stop gyrating. <laughs> We're trying to do a podcast. I, I'm just stop it! You're it's... shaking the mic. <laughs> Okay, stop gyrating. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, at least you're not almost falling asleep like you were last time you recorded one of these. Now you're just gyrating like a Energizer bunny. Stop it! Stop it. No one else has to deal with this with their co-host. No other co-host has ever turned... No other podcasting co-host has ever had to turn to anyone else and say, please stop gyrating, it's moving the mic. Maybe we should do like a podcast co-host swap, and you can send me off to gyrate next to some other guy. If you'd like to have Andy as your as your as your um, co-host for a little while, and, and send me someone less gyrating, please get in touch at the naked scarf at gmail.com. All <laughs> offers considered, except cash. Actually, you mentioned the info stamps. Uh, that's that's a that's almost a classic dot two thing of uh, turning the the uh, alien technology a little too easily against them. So, yes, like very the much side, so. Just having to keep these things around that if you literally just twist off the top like a milk bottle, it's incredibly dangerous to them. You know what's wrong with with just a floppy with a with a floppy disk? Because it's a criminal of literally actually breaking open a floppy disk and having the magnetic tape strangle you. You basically. know what I really like though. If it involves gyrating, <laughs> I really don't want to know. No. <laughs> no, no gyrating. The look on your face then was just priceless. No, I really like kind of like the cyber dog things. Uh, cyber shades. The cyber shades, yeah, like the kind of like weird sort of doggy thing. The I way they kid. moved was excellent. Okay, I, I, I did I, like them because it, it it was interesting to see something else converted it into Simon. I, I felt because he said something like, "Oh, the brain of a cat or a dog," and I thought you might as well just said they it nicked, was driving they, they, a carriage. You might as well just said they nicked some gorillas from the zoo. It, it was you know, driving. I thought they were more like it was gorillas. driving Mercy's carriage. I very much doubt it's just got the do- uh, brain of a dog or a cat. Well, saying that, I really like the way they move because, like, I've well, always I'm had a bit of an that's affectionate. What, that's what David Tennant says at the beginning. Is it, right. Uh, Yes, no, I've always had a very affectionate thing for, like, the Cybermen and the way they move, but the Cyber Dogs are completely different because it's just their face that's cyber, and so, like, the rest of their body, it's kind of, like, slinky, like a jazz cat. If you can imagine... (laughs) If you can imagine... Mmm, conversion, nice. (laughs) It just reminded me of what might happen if... I'm not saying I've done this, but if you fed your pet dog drugs... And it was like, sort of... <laughs> Please don't tell me you've done that. I have not done that. I, no, um, of course not. I'm vegan. Um, and and I, a friend of mine did once get her dog drunk at a party, but she wasn't my friend after that. I would like so... to point out that Naked Scarf does not endorse animal cruelty in well, any way, shape not. or form. No, I'm a vegan. You're sleeping with a vegan. It's all, you know... I, I should point out that's Lauren. Um, but... Yeah, anyway, it was just sort of like the way they move, kind of side to side. It was excellent. Like, um, you just imagine it was sort of trying to hug the wall at every opportunity. Like, yeah, I'm touching this wall. I'm touching the wall on this side. I'm touching the wall on this side. Yeah. (laughs) Are you having a manic episode? No, fuck you. Okay, just checking. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I, I was a little confused why I didn't just go... Because what their body's supposed to be, if it is the brain of a cat or a dog, why didn't just go, oh, we nicked some gorillas from London Zoo or something. But yeah, no, they, they were nice. I like. It's interesting to see something else changed, converted. Because we always just see kind of people converted. Oh, could you imagine it? You could have a whole range of cyber animals. 
You can have a little cyber fish. Cyber birds. Cyber Adam. Are you suggesting I'm not human? No, let's well, not I would quite this. like to um, uh, give you a cyber face so that you couldn't look at me quite so disapprovingly. <laughs> that would be nice. Let's talk about the Cyber King. Big ass robot. When it, I, I remember my reaction very clearly when it first happened. I remember I kind of went, "Woo!" and I was very excited. Mainly because I, as a child of the eighties, grew up with a lot of Transformers toys. When you did it uh, the first time, is it slightly more manly? Probably not. As a as a child of the, uh, like I said, as a child of the eighties, I grew up a lot with Transformers, and I, I have a deep, sincere love of a giant robots and b giant monsters kicking the crap out of uh, cities. I mean, I really would have quite liked it if, if somehow a, a giant mecha David Tennant had appeared and uh, <laughs> attacked the Cybermen with a giant sonic screwdriver cannon. And I, I, I like the design of it. I like the kind of steampunk thing keeping in with the uh, kind of the era it's set in. I have no idea how they managed to build that because even with children, the amount of resources you would need to build that thing and the size sheer size of it they have a giant bloody cannon in its arm and you're just like well how are you doing this because nicking children isn't an excuse unless the giant thing was made out of children or holding together you know where they got the money from stripping shut up it's not funny (laughs) you're on some bizarre parallel today god it's a miracle anyone downloads this I'm trying to have a serious conversation about this now, okay? Can we come back okay. to, 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 to... Serious to conversation. Right. And and the point I'm trying to make is that th- there is this thing, and it's it's mainly perhaps a phenomenon I've noticed in comics that I've called the, hell yeah, that's awesome, doesn't make any sense. But people, in, in the sense of comics now, you get a lot of moments that obviously put in to make you kind of basically fist pump. You go, yeah, woo! Like, I don't know, Wolverine getting his whole face shredded but still beating people up that 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 kind of thing or batman taking out an entire army with just a paperclip and and it's moments of extreme kind of coolness to uh borrow the 11th doctor phrase but there's not necessarily a lot behind it if you examine it and you so you, on a gut level you really like it but on an intellectual level you know it doesn't make any sense and you look like you're about to burst out laughing, but let me carry. Let me carry on with this. Let me carry on. And and Doctor Who's been particularly, I think, under the RTD era. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the Moffat era, era, but I think it was more noticeable in the RTD era. It, it happened a lot of moments like giant armies of Daleks and Cybermen, and you know just everything bigger and bigger and bigger, which was fine at first, but then I think it got bigger and bigger and bigger without being able to quite come up with a necessary rationale behind it. So you ended up with something like End of Time, where everyone becomes a master, despite the fact that if everyone was the master, everyone would be trying to work out how to outdo each other, instead of just working together, I think. So, for me, I I love the Cyber King on a basic level of, it's a giant robot, it's a giant steampunk Cyberman, but I know there's not a lot of sense behind it. I wonder if... the the, Because you never used to get these moments so much in Old Who, because they didn't have the budget for them. And that's not saying, oh, they should reduce the budget or anything. I'm not saying that for a moment. I like, you know, Doctor having a decent budget. But it's it's more of a noticeable thing in the new series. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I have to admit, my reaction when I first saw the uh, giant robot was, oh, it's a big Transformer. And I hate Transformers. 
But they're robots in disguise. I'm sorry. There's more to them than meets the eye. <laughs> oh. Um, obviously, somebody didn't get an octopus prime for their fifth birthday. Christmas, actually, it was Christmas. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that for my fifth birthday, I probably got either a Polly Pocket or, or I don't know, um, a massive amount of fireworks or, you know... It sounds like something my parents Yeah, it sounds do. like something your dad would give you. Um, do, do, do you think, actually, that the Cyber King looks a tiny bit like the Iron Man, or the, sorry, the Iron Giant, for again, for American listeners, particularly from the film? Oh, yeah. That, uh, that, slight... I like that Transformer. That's not Transformer, is it? No, it's just God, an Iron no. Giant. Ted like, Hughes. Like, Ted Hughes' no, no, Iron Giant. Yeah, because that's the one that made me cry, whereas the Transformers thing just made me want to die. No, um... Yeah, no, a, a little bit actually, a little bit. That's a really cute comparison to make. Oh, that that's made me a bit happier. Also, do you think there's something a little bit Jules Verne about the Doctor flying in an air balloon? There is very much something Jules Verne. It wasn't about the just Doctor. me who got, no, who no, got no, that vibe not from all, it. Not at all. Well, I suppose it's an appropriate uh, reference point given the era it's set in. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you could always argue there's always been something a bit Jules Verne about the Doctor. Well, there's, there's something immensely cheery as well about uh, the idea of, of the Doctor flying over Victorian London, defeating uh, baddies in a hot air balloon. Do you think? Because you know, uh, later on in Series Five, the Doctor—it's it, kind of hinted that the crack did something to make people forget. The, t- the crack of times did something to make people forget about the Cybermen because the Doctor has a very brief line about no yeah. one remembering it. Do you, do you, I wonder if that was deliberately set up just here because the Doctor goes, says something like, yeah, funny, no one remembers that or something like, in the last line. I wonder if that's a deliberate, very early foreshadowing, but you, I don't know. I'm not sure. Potentially. I mean, I doubt it a little because I know that there were certain things that uh, Stephen Moffat asked uh, Ross T. Davis to uh, sort of uh, leave in or, or leave in a certain way. Um, you know, obviously the Science of the Library yeah. episode has been a good um, indication of that. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think that's potentially just a nice coincidence. I wonder, because it is obviously part of the specials. It's, it's funny because the specials are supposed to be about the 10th Doctor coming to the end of his life and it's not really dealt with it. It's dealt with a little bit like he meets a potential replacement, but he doesn't show any of the angst or worry he shows later about it. In fact, there's a line that I'm sure is a reference to the Sixth Doctor's regenera- uh, regeneration where he goes, I hope I don't fall over and hit my head on a brick. Which yeah, that sure really made the, the, me the, the idea that the, 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 you know, the Sixth Doctor died of tumultuous buffeting. I, I people have tried to rewrite that, actually. It's been one that the people have tried in books and things, but I actually just like to think that one of the Doctors had a bit of a crap death, because you can't necessarily save the universe every time you go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it appeals to my sense of humour for some reason. Um, yeah. Um, no, actually, one of my favourite moments came quite near the end of this, where I, I think it was where David Tennant's in the balloon, and um, and, and he's like sort of uh, trying to You make made them... me into this? he's trying to make them like you know say oh um who i am or whatever and then there's a sort of like montage flash of clips of david tennant like because there have been a couple of montage flashes of uh, clips of the previous Mm. doctors first Um, time previous doctors have been shown on video or uh, there were pictures of them in human nature but i think this i think this is the first time we see uh clips in the previous series but um um, but yeah, there was one of those, except that this time it was just of David Tennant, and it was like David Tennant looking a bit surly, David Tennant looking a bit angry, David Tennant looking a bit dangerous, and I was watching it and thinking, you know what, that like you know the, the, the really chiselled, pale, lanky bastard in Twilight, mm. um, Edward, Edward um, has actually just about stolen everything he knows about acting off of that one 
like, you know, three second clip of David Tennant, like, bringing it. I'm a little bit distressed by that comparison. But I'll, I, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't seen Twilight. But you, you just mean, well, the, the, do, do you mean the, the looking moody? Yeah, thing? the looking okay, moody fine. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit I was going to say, say, David Tennant, I mean, I like his Doctor, some people don't, but I, I like his Doctor very much. He's a better actor than yes, Robert yes. Patterson. I, I did uh, comment to Adam at one point uh, during this, actually, that I wanted to start a new Tumblr and call it David Tennant looking intense whilst hanging off things. I, I want to start a new Tumblr called Cats That Look Like Anthony Ainley. You know what? Ever since you have said that, every bloody cat I come across looks a bit like Anthony Ainley. It's... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any pictures of, that, of cats that look like Anthony Ainley, please send them to thenakedscarf at gmail.com and I will start the Tumblr, I promise. If I get enough pictures of cats that look a bit like Anthony Ainley... Can I send in uh, pictures of cats who have Ainley's head photoshopped onto the top? That's kind of cheating, isn't it? What if I do it so it's really subtle? If you do it subtly enough, I don't notice. Then yes, certainly. And okay. don't just send in pictures of survival, okay? Because that's that's blatantly <laughs> cheating. If you send in pictures of survival, I won't be putting them on. But yes, any cats you know that look a bit like Anthony, I'm Amy, going to like Photoshop them. his reflection into the glint of their eye. You obviously have far too much free time on your hand. <laughs> Not really, but this is so worth it. I really like actually just right at the end, uh, Jack when Jackson Lake walks into the TARDIS and he he says, um, oh, "This is wonderful nonsense and, and it's very silly." And I've always said, at heart, Doctor Who is very silly as a program, yes. and that, that's not to dismiss it or, or dismiss it as camp. That just means it's a bit difficult to explain. People, I think, misunderstand me when I say this. It's just how it presents itself. At heart, if you examine it too closely, it is ridiculous. But it's gloriously ridiculous, and it's got heart and passion, and it, that carries it through. I think. Oh, absolutely! And um, something uh, actually we were saying earlier, though, is uh, when Morrissey is hanging off the lamppost, which you know, in all fairness, is something I can see the other Morrissey doing too, um, and and shouting at the sky that you know nobody's ever really thanked him before, even though the Doctor before, even though he's uh, yeah saved the earth thousands of times, but not this time. And then everyone joins in a rousing chorus of thank yous, and it's like actually, I'm, it's I'm a fairly bit of Christmas sure, cheese, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly sure that uh, uh, the Doctor has been thanked in the past. Otherwise, why would he keep coming back? I, I guess because they're building up this idea in the RTD era that's kind of been interestingly dismantled in the Moffat era, era particularly. Um, we've just, we saw, obviously, uh, when recording this River, uh, Wedding River song was uh, last weekend, and it, that's the kind of idea that's been deconstructed. But, at, you know, in the RTD era, the, that idea of the lonely god, the angry lonely god, so that fits in with that idea. Yeah. But, yeah, I do agree. I, that line always kind of rang a bit false. Uh, there's Rose, there's, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's, um, Rosita, who's got, I think RTD said was made to be a resemblance to Rose and Martha. Uh, she's she's okay. Yeah, she's quite good. You know, not doesn't she do has really a lot. Bosom. She's quite feisty. She has a heaving bosom. Yes, she has a heaving bosom. Yeah, I was going to. I, I'm sorry, just looking at my notes, and we've all heard the covered info stamps and how it'd be like being killed by a, 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 a three and a half inch floppy. Way. Well, hey. <laughs> um. oh, that's an excellent comparison. In, in all fairness, saying I, I, that actually, my sister once did sustain a really horrible head injury off a box of floppy disks. So <laughs> that was quite a long hilarious time ago. Story, I'm no doubt. No, my dad just dropped them on her head. <laughs> well, okay, that's quite funny. But uh, I'm sure it's funny. It is for you. I like the fact the cyber leader has the kind of black on him, which is, uh, I think, a callback to the classic series, yes, it and is. also his exposed brain, which is always a nice reminder that the cybermen are partly organic. 
which I always think, you know, can get lost in their design. I mean, it's not really a, a particularly great Cyberman story, but I don't think there's been a particularly great Cyberman story since Tomb of the Cybermen in some ways. Doesn't mean it haven't been in good stories, but that's perhaps a whole rant for. I love Tomb of the Cybermen. I love Tomb of the Cybermen as well. I love Tomb of the Cybermen. Sorry, I just thought I I loved it so much that I have to say it twice. It's actually up there on my top ten favourite episodes. Oh yeah, we'll 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 definitely do it soonish. I think once once I get the uh, next revisitation box set where they've got a new edition of it with more wonderful things and such like on it. I don't really know if I've got a lot more to say on this. Actually, we've said more of, on it than we thought. When I had to admit, when I started talking about this one, I didn't think I'd have a lot to say. And honestly, I think most of what we've said has been us sticking about as per normal, but people love that. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a kind of fun, popey Victorian adventure. There's a bit of cheese. The Cyber King really doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it's kind of almost that pull between the kind of intellectual hmm and, and the gut instinct of, yeah. At least for me, but you know it's it's enjoyable. It it's it's a fun episode to watch, but you don't really remember it in some ways. We gain a lot of insight into the uh, future race of cyber strippers. <laughs> no one else sees <laughs> Doctor Who the way you do, and no I, one I, else sees your face the way yeah, I do. <laughs> um, oh, this is why we should make it a webcast. It would just be called so, the Agony and the Ecstasy of Adam. It would be like, yeah, just just, just a, a very, you know, stirring um, commentary on true torment. And... Yes, it, yes, it would. Do you like this episode? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like I said, not a classic, but you know, like I said, enjoyable, enjoyable kind of popey Victorian fun. So next episode, we're doing Blink. Yay! It's like my favourite ever. Favourite. Top one out of everything. Uh, All of them. All of them. Classic as well? Classic as well. Top number one. 100% I like it a lot. I don't like it anywhere near as much as you do. I think it's somewhat treacherous of me because the Doctor's only in it for, you know... We can talk about this in the next episode. We will be trying to get back to a bit more regular schedule at the moment, folks. I know we're being a bit all over the place, having just come back from a hiatus, but uh, I've just started an MA... And this week alone, I have to read three books and make notes and whatnot. So it's sort of fitting things in around other things and trying to find even keels. And but we'll we'll, we'll work out. Uh, we're, we're roughly aiming for fortnightly. He still. hasn't worked out his schedule of student bumness yet. So I wish it was student bumness. It's a lot of work, <laughs> but we're still aiming roughly for. I mean, a lot of wonderful, great work. I'm enjoying it immensely. But yes, I am so jealous of you. We're still uh, aiming for a roughly fortnightly schedule with probably a few days either side depending but anyway if you want to contact us send us pictures of cats that look like anthony ainley as i've already said several times it's nakedscarf at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at naked scarf uh we have a tumblr nakedscarf.tumblr.com yep, yep. Uh, do you have anything a facebook, facebook group facebook group if you search for the naked scarf you'll find our our group which you can apply to join and then we'll let you in because we're not fussy i'm fussy <laughs> it's not what I've heard. <laughs> that was um, so unfair. I know it was. That anyway. was horribly unfair. That was a really see you next Tuesday-ish thing to do. Say, I'm morally offended. Mortally offended. I can't even. Do you want get to say goodbye to the nice listeners? <laughs> goodbye, nice listeners, and take consolation in the fact that you're probably nicer than he is. And until next time, folks, take care. Thank you.